because uh, the Russians are probably operating too close to the territorial waters. And uh, everyone, oh, so yeah. Er- oh, sorry, bottomless. And just just to back you up, because you were you were trying to work out how, uh, how how many ships do they have in the Black Sea? Well, the Black Sea fleet at the moment constitutes of twenty twenty boat by like twenty ships, and um, and those are just destroyers and corvettes, right? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, taking the Black Sea is quite it's quite a hard task. Uh, it, the, the Black Sea will come with whoever. Well, when when Ukraine get control of Ukraine back, the full of Ukraine, the full Ukraine under the control of Ukraine, then the Black Sea will be theirs. And and until then, it will be it will be a big contested pond, which is full of well, lake, shall I say, that's full of mines. Um, there's not any time soon where. Ukraine will magic magic up a navy and be able to to, to defend that. So, especially the size of the navy that the Russians have is quite a is quite a large navy to contest against. So, to, the Black Sea is it, just something. It's it's an extra that will come with the the control of their country again. And when, once you get control of uh, Crimea back and Crimea is back under control of Ukraine, then that that will give give them even more control over the Black Sea. Uh, it's just hard because at the moment you've got the Black Sea fleet, which are mainly based out of um, what uh, Sevastopol and Yalta. So it's hard that they have a lot of, they have a lot of, a lot of assets there at the moment. So it's just, it's hard. It's a hard bit of contested water to control. Uh, so the reason that reason I ask is it's my understanding that Romania is not an option. Train rail is insufficient. Oh, I use the T word. Sorry about that. Uh, insufficient for uh, transporting Ukraine's um, food produce to the world. They have to have the Black Sea, or they can't do it. And I, I didn't ask whether they could do it. Now I asked, what would it take? The U.S. is going to send Reaper drones, for example. The U.S. is going to train their pilots up on uh, uh, stealth American stealth aircraft. Exactly from a military standpoint, what would it take to defeat the Russians in Crimea, <clears throat> sink the Black Sea fleet, so to speak, and kick them out of that portion of the Black Sea so it's open for commerce to Ukraine? Uh, again, it's uh, it comes down to it's not really a priority right now. Uh, as as for commerce in, in the Black Sea, you know, we've been over this a couple times before. Uh, only, you know, only the emperor, the island of idiots, will will sail a commercial vessel through the Black Sea right now. Uh, you know, that being said, you know uh, the the commercial vessels are uh, you know they're they're expensive pieces of kit, and no, they they all operate with insurance, and no insurance is going to allow you to go into operate in a war zone. You know, so it uh, it's it's a moot point right there. Uh, they they won't be able to. Uh, no company will will operate uh, their vessels in a contested area. You know, yeah. we'll, just, we'll just have to watch and see, right? Yeah, and you also have two of the biggest, uh, I think, oil shipping companies currently looking at trying to get mine sweepers to to mine sweep their their ships in front of the in front of their uh, oil tankers in the Black Sea because it's that dangerous. 
and whether that would even pass insurance is another question. I, like you might be able to find the minesweepers, but whether your insurance company would still allow that to happen is just at the moment the Black Sea is like it's. <clears throat> We, I, I put it down as a, a majorly uncontested pond at the moment because <clears throat> until until Turkey opened the Bosphorus Strait to um, military ships, there's absolutely nothing that can be done there. Does uh, does that answer your question? Sure, I hope so, because I think uh, I think you dropped by now. Uh, Plamen, go ahead. Thank you. Good evening, guys. Um, just a very quick two, uh, two comments about the conversations you just had. Um, one, um, transporting by rail from uh, Ukraine to Romania would be a bit of a difficult task because the gauges are different. So the railway in Ukraine is wider, so they have to be reseated. They have to reseat all the cars, or they have to build special lines from Ukraine to the ports, which is not a small task. And I'm not aware that they are doing it right now. That that would be um, the major <clears throat> stopper to prevent, let's say, mass export through Romanian or other ports in the Black Sea coast. Uh, that's the one. The second thing is more of a question, uh, really, because <clears throat> we have seen that the uh, Ukrainians have been uh, excellent, not only in uh, traditional tactics and uh, executing traditional army operations, but they have been very successful in uh, asymmetric warfare against the Russians. So uh, in, in this vein, is there an asymmetric tactic which they could employ in order to at least keep the Russian fleet away as far away as possible or destroy some parts of it? We have seen a very successful attack on a, a quite a large ship a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm sure that's one off and probably the, the Russians were uh, asleep at the wheel, <laughs> at the rudder. But uh, um, could they do some more of these attacks and, and um, destroy uh, more uh, naval assets? Um, this is more of a question. Thank you. Also, that's a question for you. Yeah, no, as in, could they sink another Moscow? Sorry, I just caught the end of it. I caught your rail gauges one, and then I had to step away for a second, and I caught you. Could they cut, Could they make another extensive da bit of damage in the uh, to the to the Black Sea fleet, I imagine? Do you mean the sinking of another large ship? No, I was just saying, um, because obviously Moscow was the biggest uh, asset they had, but they uh, still they still have about, uh, if I heard correctly, about another 20 naval assets, uh, corvettes and various... Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they do. They ha they ha the Black Sea fleet at the moment constitutes about 20, 20 battleships, warships, whatever you want to call them, yeah. as well, and that includes submarines as well. Um, so yeah. my, question, my question was... Is there a? Could you guys think of a, a asymmetric tactic which could allow them either to keep those assets at bay or, let's say, reduce their numbers? Um, let's say uh, significantly. Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, at the moment, there is a bit of. I don't know if you would call it asymmetric, but um, two seconds, get on my computer. <clears throat> at the moment, they have quite a strategic. A coastal battery in place that the Ukrainians, as we have, as we know, they sunk the Moskva. Since that, the Ukrainians haven't made 
although all of the speculation that myself and Gunny and a couple of others, we think they've had the idea of planned, planned to try and do it, but have not been successful. The reason they have not been successful is because there is a deterrent and, and the deterrent is a, is a, is a <clears throat> coastal battery from, from uh, the, the Ukrainians have a hold of. Multiple different systems, not just one, multiple different systems, not that everybody doesn't know, but there's multiple different systems. They're all pl- placed in different strategic areas and the Russians know about this. Now, we sp- I spoke about it earlier, I think I spoke about it last night. A few days ago, the Russians, they... They sailed three three boats into the middle of the Black Sea and then they let them go unmanned. They were left just floating about the middle of the Black Sea. That their plan was for for them to drift into Ukrainian waters, for for Ukrainian waters to engage them and and see them as a threat and take them down. And they would then get a picture and see exactly where all the coastal battery was, so they knew where the the coastal defence is. Now. The reason they're having to play to this game is because Russia has, sorry, Ukraine has a good coastal, a, a fairly decent coastal battery, which is continually being added to and and made better, bigger and better. They, 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 I think if you keep an eye on the press, I think every two to three weeks you'll see there's a new. They, they have Sea Spear, Brimstone. There's a new, a couple of new systems getting uh, spoken about from the UK. Um, there's Harpoon. There's there's all there's all these different systems that they they could use, um, and they can all be utilized in different ways, and it's just, uh, I think, and I, I get what you're saying that there's eyes on it and everything. Can we sink? Can Ukraine sink another ship? Yes, probably. Will they waste the the um the the effort and the ammunition of going to and, and it just being a a, a probab a probability? No, they'll wait till the same thing happens again with Moscow, and they sink and they and they and they they sail right into their their death trap or their kill zone or, or their ambush, whatever you like to call it. Everyone has a different name for it, so it's strategic and it will come. I, I truly believe that there will be another mistake. They'll they'll get caught again. The Ru- Russia will try and do something. They'll have to. They have to try and force a move somehow, and. And let's just hope that the coastal battery is placed in the right place and and we'll see another sinking. Something has been going on out there in the past 24, 48 hours because they've not had eyes off the sea. So something did go on, but what what it'll be, we may may never, ever know. Thank you. Two days ago when when the two Raptor boats were sunk, they they, they sunk two, two fast boats two days ago, just off Snake Island. This was when we assumed they were spooked when they were going to try and do um, an assault onto the an amphibious assault. So, yeah, they, they, that they lost, I'm sure they lost a Corvette or a frigate before the Moskva, and then they lost Moskva, then they've lost them too. These, these, things, these boats are not cheap either, so big losses for them. Thank you. Thank you very much. The answer was really good. Thank you. So I understand it's a question of strategy and keeping your your batteries uh, hidden and uh, away from, from harm until there's the such time where you can inflict a, um, a su- substantial harm either to a landing party or to some, well, invasion force coming from the sea. Um, thank you. It was very good answer. Thank you. And I'll step down now. Thank you. <laughs> 
Cheers, Poyman. No problem. No problem at all. Yeah, it's literally, it's literally a strategic game of chess. You you want to place them in somewhere where they cannot be seen. And then the, the longer they're not seen, the longer they don't know where they are, the longer it's more, where are we going to, what are we going to do? I think Daryl wants to comment on this point and let him uh, close out the topic and then we can go to Andy and Linda and Donnie. Yeah, this is just about the rail gauge. Uh, there is a dual rail gauge system uh, that goes into Romania. Uh, it's a uh, comes in at Galati. I think that's the name of the, the town. Uh, but there's a dual gauge. So uh, there is a way to get uh, grain in and out of Romania uh, through that route. Yes, it's true. That's That's what I wanted to add. There is a system, so um, it's Galati, and yes, there is a railway system where they can switch the the, the tanks from one um, base to another, so they can do this pretty fast. But the problem is our railways in the. And is this country. the parallel tracks? The Galats is that the parallel tracks? Yes, so they take the the um, cages from one one train and put it on on ours and they just ship them so it goes pretty fast that's not a problem the problem is uh, it's slow in the country uh the road is slow in the country and the um, uh our ports uh, right now so both constanza and sulina are kind of um overwhelmed so uh, the traffic in, in Constanza port was doubled by March. And from what I could uh, see, uh, we have in Sulina, so uh, up north, um, a lot of vessels waiting. Uh, my friends from Constanza didn't um, um, answer, so I don't have any inside knowledge, just what I can see and read just as you. So that was it. Thanks, Anta. I just want to fill in a little bit. So Galati is in, uh, it's kind of right by the southern point of Moldova, right? There's no direct rail connection between uh, Ukraine and Romania and in that area, the, even though Romania does border Ukraine uh, on the... No, Danube. there is. No, there is a direct connection. There's a dual gauge system where and it that, has both both gauge tracks going... That, that, let me let me explain, please. So okay. there's, no, there's no bridges over the Danube on the Romanian-Ukrainian border. The only railway connections directly between Ukraine and Romania exist in the north of Romania um, from, say, Suchava into, into uh, Chernivtsi and so on. The connections in the south of Romania are direct connections between Ukraine and Romania. And that area by, by Galati that you were talking about and Ander was talking about, there's no direct connection between Romania and Ukraine there. It goes to Moldova. That's not necessarily... I was just the way to say that, Dom, and I've just followed the train track and went, I was the way to go, Domin, Domin, there is. And then the, the flipping thing took me into Moldova. So Domin's know, correct. It like, passes like, through Moldova. Like, so that, that's a no pass go. <laughs> and and the, the point is, even if you want to get to that 
rail connection through Moldova, find whatever is half a mile of Moldova in the way. Okay. The problem is that the bridge at Zatoka that connects Odessa with southern Bessarabia has been, you know, bombed like three times now with cruise missiles or whatever. And I don't think that's operational anymore. I'm pretty sure the bridge at Zatoka is not operational. And that's the only the only rail connection between Odessa Oblast, you know, the most of Odessa Oblast to the east of Zatoka and southern Bessarabia to the west of it that then connects up to that bit in Galati. So because they destroyed that bridge, I don't think that bit is actually useful for Ukraine right now. They did not destroy the bridge. Okay. They impaired it. Made the bridge inoperational for railway traffic. That's what I meant. We got to tread carefully on these trains, bridges, automobiles, and highways, and all these things because Axel and Craig will come in and start start <laughs> the bridge. The bridge is there. The bridge is still there, but it's no longer in appropriate shape to take heavy trains full of grain over it. Right? That's the point. The, yeah, I was looking. I was looking at the program the that he sent me. Uh, that Craig sent me. I was looking at that program. That's where I was uh, getting that information from. Yeah, it has a few glitches. Uh, it's a beta program. It's very comprehensive already. I really like it, what uh, what he dug out there with his friend. But um, uh, there's a couple of things in there which still need matching up with the reality. I'm going to have a look at that bridge as a token now on, on satellite imagery and see how it's looking because... Uh... Oh, do, you, do, you have a Maxa, do you have a Maxa picture, picture from today? I'm going to maybe try and get one, yeah. Yes, please. Are you referring to the one where there was a, a, a bit of roughly eight meters missing from the bridge? Um, I saw it. I saw some pictures like that this morning. Do, do you have a, a, say, a press picture or something which you can send us? Because supposedly there's a a bit missing out of the railway track section. Yes, exactly. It looked like it was an overhead picture from Max. So I'll try to dig it out and I'll send it to you in a DM. Um, Thanks, Palman. Okay. Cheers. Thank you. Can you put it in the nest? I'd like to see that picture. Axel, so check your DM in one second. And we also have uh, Olga from, from Odessa. And I think uh, she heard... I was just here. about to make fun of the fact that she hasn't been here yet. Olga. Olga will come and tell us. She, she, we don't need to look for the satellite image. Olga will come and tell us the first-hand eye image, how she, she will tell us by her eyes how the bridge is looking. Well, I haven't seen the bridge. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> um, I haven't seen... Uh, uh, it's actually, yeah, very early morning. Dobre utra, like mid 20 minutes past midnight quite the morning same here same here mm -hmm. so um i just i'm not sure about the bridge i i just joined to ask something else and uh you suddenly started to discuss the bridge <laughs> and here i am um so i have no idea what uh, how bad the bridge is damaged and uh, honestly it's not uh, widely disclosed uh just to not to give any ideas, not to tell that it's not too bad, you know, just not to uh, not to welcome the fourth uh, missile hitting it. Uh, my question relates actually to uh, things you discussed about the ports and other stuff. Uh, these days, Odessa welcomes many 
okay, not many, let's say, but um, several um, UN representatives who come here to discuss the possible ways of, not to discuss, just to raise the issue for now, uh, of uh, unblocking the Black Sea ports. And they all emphasize that, well, we are here with humanitarian mission, but of course, if we just push the narrative, then probably some other mechanisms start working and we will find some solution. Because the world is really facing a problem in uh, like not not immediate. Some countries will face immediate problem uh, as soon as in July, uh, but uh, like next year there will be not the price issue rather than the access issue, and this is the, will be the biggest problem for grain and uh, some oil um, con- containing like you know, like uh, um, some seeds and etc. that can, uh, ha- that have oil, lots of oil, plant oil. Um, so maybe you have discussed that already and I've missed that. Um, have you discussed here any ways how actually the ports could be unblocked? What can be the solution? <laughs> Because bridge is okay, Compr- but, but the Danube uh, doesn't have the capacity to handle all the uh, grain, even if the even if uh, the even if Moldova um, is kind enough to let all the trucks traveling um, to to Ukraine to well not to, to south of uh, the region through Moldova, and even if we fix the bridge. It, it it's not a long term solution. It's just a very short solution. Well, apart from railroad interim or temporary solutions, which are being planned together with Poland and the Baltics, which obviously will be only supplementary. And yes, you are right; they cannot easily replace the volumes normally borne by a ship. Um, in order to have uh, merchant vessels safely traverse from Odessa through what is then the Isthmus uh, and through the Med, you need to have three things. You need to have the capacity to, in a contested space, um, have an escort by what is then the Turkish Navy, which is the only Navy uh, currently still available in the Black Sea, which can actually work on this matter and uh, provide cover. You need to then demine, and then you need to provide constant escort in order to do so. Otherwise, it's impossible. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty sad because um, uh, for now the ports are fine; they're not bombed, so they can come back to the operation as soon as the waterway is clear. But um, uh, speaking about the mines, I think even Russians n- no longer know uh, where the water mines are because they're floating. So it would be a really tough job. But well, that's that's a solution. Yes, escorting by nature ships and uh, just some de- well, demining. You can't do it with, with NATO per se. You have to do it with the Turkish Navy because the Turkish Navy is already currently in the contested Black Sea. Yeah, but Turkey is in and, NATO. 
Yeah, that no? doesn't matter for the purpose in that regard. It matters only in one regard. It is one of their home territories, and therefore they can elect to do so. So, But for that to work, you need to have first a political deal with Erdogan, and that is the big stumbling block. So for the time being, there is no real solution. Not on the yeah, um, you, you need to win first. Yeah, I know. Which is the best solution is to just destroy the entire Black Sea fleet of Russians. It would be amazing, I think. Well, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, I mean, um, do you think that UN has any viable mechanisms or some visible solutions? Um, do they have like I, I don't know what kind of mechanism? Not in this regard. Not in this regard. This is a okay. pure. This is a pure force-on-force conflict, and you need to be able to safeguard merchant marine uh, travel. Don't forget, you also, in such instance, you would have to be able to provide a complete indemnity to the merchant marine operators who are willing to risk their vessels going back and forth. So this is essentially convoy escort, uh, first class, as in the Second World War. This is not a simple thing. Yeah, so not much chance to solve the problem, as I thought. Thanks. Not at the moment, no, unfortunately. I would have loved to have better news, but uh, I think reality is probably the most sensible thing. Yeah, and it's not the bad news, not only for Ukraine, but also for some you know, African countries, Middle East. They will face the problem, from what I've heard, as soon as in July. So, well, okay, thanks. And Thank you, Olya. And, and for while you're here, um, are there any updates from Odessa you'd want to share with us, perhaps, uh, before you head off to sleep? Um, not much update, fortunately. Um, and uh, the day was pretty calm until the evening. The moment I decided to take a walk with my friend in the park, well, the, the siren went off and we decided that it's uh, well, it shouldn't be in the hurry because we're out anyway. So we decided to film it and just were walking down the park without, um, well, why should sirens interrupt our joyful walk? So, yeah, no, not much update, fortunately, but Mykolaiv is like really badly shelled today. And I think we're approaching the fate. Probably the 9th of May, not only in Odessa, but many other cities in Ukraine, maybe all across Ukraine, will be a long uh, lockdown, lockdown, yeah, <laughs> a long curfew, um, but we call it lockdown anyway, I think, um, a long curfew, so just to prevent any provocations and just to, to keep people, to prevent any also getting together any rallies, you know, so otherwise, I think no news here. I think the 9th of May won't have any kind Stay of safe, going forward. Uh, sorry, Axel, you were saying? I said I think that the 9th of May will not have any relevance for Ukraine going forward. You will find your next new day, and that will be the day when you have actually managed to get rid of the Russian occupation. Yeah, that would be one day closer to, to the victory, as we say here. Um, yeah, thank you, guys.
Have a nice whatever part of the day you have. Thank you, Olga. Take care. I hope you and your son are keeping safe. Thank you. I have a quick question. Axel, did you get the DM and the signal or the bridge picture? Give me two minutes. <laughs> okay, no problem at all. In the meantime, let's go to um, Donny and then Linda and then our Portuguese contingent. Donny, go ahead. Hey, um, so I had a couple questions about the mines. Um, what, are, what, are, like, what are the me mechanics of, of them? Are they, are they lower? Like, can they be visually seen from above? Number one. Number two is Russia, um, basically mining international waters and the legality of it. And number three, um, like, what's the status of Romania and Bulgaria's coast then? Like, can't we, can't we uh, ship or, or you know, use? Bulgaria or Romania or the uh, or the uh, uh, Danube uh, in that way to get grain out of uh, Ukraine, uh, you know, through uh, Burgas or Varna or even, you know, shipping them into Romania and then going into like Lom or somewhere on the Danube to put them on ships or put them off ships. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, so it's kind of like for OSINT and also for Axel, I guess. Thanks. Type of mines that they've used, not sure. Um, I, I imagine there'll probably be multiple types. There'll be ones that float on the above, of the, on the top of the water. There'll be some that float just below the, the surface of the water, and I imagine there'll be some that are tethered to a weight that's pulled to the bottom. So when something collides with them in the water, then it goes off to try and hit a bigger boat. Um, Gunny would be the man that would tell you more about. What goes on? Did the you scene, just but... say we need a bigger boat? <laughs> never, never. Um, but one thing I, I, I would like to point out, <clears throat> so I was going to point out on the last point that it's the Black Sea is really hard, and I, I would, if I was a sailor or a captain of a boat, I would not for all the tea in China would I be going on any boat in the Black Sea at the moment because it's no way, no way safe. And I think every all the all the captains of the boats that are out there just now are, and and the, and the crews are safe. <coughs> They're very crazy and very brave people. But um, yeah, the Black Sea is just like it's one of these big. It's a, it's a it's a tough question. I don't know, Axel. Can you answer that? I just think it's just that I don't know about the rails. I'm not. It's a no no. Rails. You're right. It's a no no. I, by the way, I haven't heard. Uh, for all the tea in China for a long, long time. That was beautiful. As to the last bit, Donny, of your question, basically the, the, the rail capacity is insufficient. The port capacity is insufficient compared to what um, would be required. Uh, what's really more heavily being looked into is shipping stuff by rail through Poland and into the Polish ports and up into the Baltics. And that seems to be a lot more realistic because simply of the, you know, Trans transport capacity that those areas offer. So yeah, and those rail tracks are currently being dealt with already, massively actually. Exactly. So so can I ask like, with Romania and Bulgaria being NATO's and you know Black Sea is still international waters, um, like how far do you think 
they like uh, a Bulgarian boat would travel out. Like, do you think there's they the Russians have mined, you know, that close to to Bulgaria and Romania? The real problem are the mines that have detached and are apparently floating all over the Black Sea, kind of randomly, yeah, right? Working on that. Thank you. Maybe, you know. Yeah, no, that that's true. There is there is a, there's a big problem with that at the moment. The, Turkey are, are getting a bit um, bit pissed off because they keep having to put minesweepers out because they keep the way that the tides the, the way the tides go. They, they kind of there's been a few washing up into Turkish waters. Well, guys, there's a uh, surface current going north to south on the west coast of the Black Sea. So everything you release in Crimea will end up in the Bosphorus, um, floating through the coastal waters of Romania, Bulgaria, and then Turkey. So basically, that's the way how the, the, the current is, right? So there's a, a surface current, there's undersurface current going in the, the other direction, but that's a different story. So the surface current goes north to, to south. So everything released, all mines will float eventually down, potentially making all of those shipping lanes quite unusable for all countries involved. So, I mean, if a Russian mine hits a Bulgarian naval vessel, um, is that Article 5? Well, they denied that these are Russian mines. They said the Ukrainians mined the sea before they uh, invaded or something like that, some stupidity like that. I remember this hearing this somewhere in early March or mid-March. So they'll keep that. You're not correct. They said so. If you, if you remember what was going on right at the start of this expanded Russian invasion, when Russian Navy was forcing, what was it, an Estonian ship, Axel, to kind of act as a... Yes, um, it was an Estonian ship. Right, so basically the Russian Navy press-ganged an Estonian merchant vessel into sailing in front of them to effectively act as a minesweeper. And Estonia is in NATO, and that didn't trigger Article 5 either. So I'm going to go with no. On the on your answer, just on the basis of that. Cool, cool. Um, you know, just as a sort of tangible, tangible example of uh, how far Russia has gone when it came to um, merchant vessels from NATO country, countries, and it didn't, you know, didn't do anything. I'm guessing they would just turn around and say, "Wrong place, wrong time." Yeah, but may I add to that because, well, um, on that regard, I have quite pretty clear information. Uh, merchant shipping is not involved, uh, will be no indic- indicative for any Article 5 or something, no matter the flag, because uh, merchant shipping is covered by p and uh, Club, and uh, it's the problem of the owner, of the charterer, and all those guys who uh, took risk to go to the war uh, zone. Uh, well, so, unless, unless, you oh, God, yeah. unless you force the ship. Yeah, unless you force the ship, but um, well, there's, oh God, there's, I, I some, there's some, there's some skeptical. It's really, it's it's like grey area. The maritime law around that, they they are technically protected by by the the country that they're flagged under, 
but um, and it's it's a great area and it's something that has been looked into in great detail and people are watching this in great detail because it's something that they believe the Russians may target next is the shipping lanes, the international shipping lanes, not just the ones that are in the Black Sea. So it's something that's always forever been on on, on the eyes and the forefront of those who need to be keeping an, aware of these things. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a strange, strange thing that the the target. I know, I I know what you're saying. I, I understand, but it's I've heard of, I've read up on, and I've read up on it, and I know a few things. The the maritime law is the most shadiest, weird thing that, that, that there is about, really. Yeah, but um, well, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot disclose where I've heard that. Um, but um, I've heard like really smart guy guys who were. Let's say exercising something. They played some scenarios where uh, an enemy ship hits the merchant ship. And the discussion was very short because they said, okay, it's not the government's issues, it's not the military issues. Because here, okay, maybe port authorities, maybe, but uh, these are up to the owners, the charterers, and the, the insurers. That's it. And what about well, piracy laws? I mean, the, the, you know, uh, entering exactly. the ship at the high speed, this is an act of piracy. That's that's in the maritime law. And yeah, entering piracy, and fall- but, yeah, but um, yeah, the piracy, but it's the war. And didn't it happen during all other wars? It's just... Uh, well, just remember, we had a couple of, couple of months ago... We had not a couple, a couple of years ago. I, Iran tried to take some uh, oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz, if I'm not mistaken, and that was treated as an act of piracy. And the Americans and the British and the French sent some maritime assets to protect the shipping lanes under the under the banner of protecting protecting them against piracy. So entering a ship at a high sea is an act of piracy. As simple as that. Unless you direct the ship out of the conflict zone, that is what has often been used by conflict parties as a possible excuse. But if you seize the asset, redirect it or use it as a blocker, that is not just piracy, that is not covered by maritime law. That is an act of war. Still shady. I mean, uh, Russia already targeted so many merchant uh, ships at the beginning of the war. Nothing happened. Maybe it's just the war crime to target civilians on the ships. That's the only thing that is discussed. That, uh, that is covered under maritime law. It's, that is not a war crime. That is just a seizure and uh, a crime. No, no, I, I mean targeting price. civilians because merchant... Uh, uh, merchant fleet seafarers, they're, they're civilians. They're not any kind of military guys. So this is the uh, war crime that was that from what, what I saw. But, well, I'm... If you have a good article from your friends in Ukraine who seem to have continued this, and if there's anything they've written up as to how they see it, I am sure we can pass it on to some guys in London who are really, really, really keen on um, discussing this in further detail because they are all in maritime insurance. 
yeah unfortunately um, even if i have um, from from what i've heard or what i've told before i just cannot disclose that sorry because i'm under NDA, so that's okay they're, 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 that's fine and they should get in they should get in contact with these people yeah probably okay have a quick follow up um I just wanted to ask. Sure, of course, of course. Sorry, Fantastic. I just couldn't press the button quickly enough. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. Um, so, I mean, the Danube uh, services central Central Europe. You know, it goes pretty far in. So, what you're saying is basically those shipping lanes now stop at Romania and Bulgaria. Nothing can get past that. Oh, pretty much. <clears throat> Not so black and white necessarily. I think there is still some merchant traffic that's going from Bulgaria out into out into the Mediterranean. However, the Danube generally, right, the capacity when you're talking about the, the wheat shipments from Ukraine, the capacity of the Danube to handle that, even even if the Zatoka Bridge was fine and um, Ukrainians could get everything down to Ismail the capacity isn't there to handle anything like what they used to handle through Odessa and Mariupol and Berdyansk. That's that's kind of what it comes down to. It's a it's a drop in the bucket, really, compared to compared to that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um thanks Donny. Let's uh, let's go to Linda and then to Luis and then Batalus. Linda. Hi. Uh thanks. I have a series of questions. Uh, hopefully quick hopefully quick uh questions. Um, first, first one is I, um, I, uh, this was a subject, uh, the other yesterday, I think. And so I think I know the answer to this. So I just want to confirm, cause I think you're probably different people that were in the room, uh, during that discussion. Um, so the Russian ships, submarines and surface ships that are in the black sea, um, are they dependent on, um, the Crimea? What is it? Sevastopol? Anyway, uh, are they dependent on that for fuel and supplies, etc.? So that's question number one. So, and then uh, question number two is: um, Can we just stay with question number one and get to question number two in a second? Because yes. um, my memory isn't the best because it's coming on midnight here, and uh, a few gotcha. of guys <laughs> past midnight already. Um, so, question number one was: How are Russians getting supplies to Sevastopol? Yeah, are they dependent? I'm looking for dependency. Are the ships dependent on um, ports that are uh, within uh, Ukraine? Like, for example, uh, Sevastopol, if I'm pronouncing it right, in the Crimea. Are they dependent on those? And these no, are Russian. Only go, Domin. Go ahead, Domin. Or do you want me to get it? Oh, yeah, you can, you can go ahead if you clearly understood the question, because I have a... I yeah, I have so a... They're, they're, mainly, they're mainly based out of Sevastopol, yes, but they also base themselves out of a bit out of a, a port called Novorossiysk, or Novorossiysk is called, is it, that is actually in Russia, it's pretty near to Krasnodar, so okay. they're not, Where is they're that? not fully, they're, pardon okay. Okay, okay, I just see Krasnodar. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's on the other side of the Kerch Bridge. So they're not fully dependent on Sevastopol, but 
for the Black Sea Fleet, a lot of them are. Uh, that is their like registered port. I imagine when they, when they lose Crimea and they have to give it back to um, Ukraine, they'll have to find they'll have to register these ships again at another port. But it will probably be no, Novo Rusik. But yeah, Novo Rusik is also is it's a bit of a bigger port than Sevastopol as well. So I would say they're they're independent, they're equally as um, as important. If that's any. So what kind, of, what kind of disabling would that do if they were no longer in, you know, I'm not worried right now about who controls Crimea, but if that port were no longer available to them, to what degree would that weaken the Russian ships? Not so much, someone was because they can, just, they can just move it all to Novorossiysk, and Novorossiysk is like, I wouldn't say round the corner. It's not round the corner, but it's um, it's close enough. Do you know what I mean? They they, they have okay. an, they have another port which they can put everything in. It's not as if if they, if you bought if you if you wipe out Sevastopol, they have no other port to put their ships in. They have no. plenty <laughs> of other ports, but they lose their central. Uh, sorry, if I may just add add to this, they lose their central axes and therefore the central control from Novorossiysk. They cannot project power and uh, missile uh, coverage into the whole of the Black Sea center. From uh, Sevastopol, they can technically block Odessa very easily, as opposed to from Novorossiysk. That's the whole point. Olsen, can you give me a second, please? Sorry. But as a technical point, um, dry docks exist at Sevastopol, repair capacities exist at Sevastopol, which do not exist in Novorossiysk. It would be a significant investment and it would be a significant effort that would have to be made to get Novorossiysk up to the capacity and capabilities of what Sevastopol has to offer right now. It's not uh-huh. impossible, but there would have to be significant upgrades made to the port of Novorossiysk in order for all the repairs and all of the dry dock activities and all that other technical stuff that's kind of really important in the long run when you're trying to run ships. What a, that's what exactly about, right. Uh, what about resupplying missiles, etc., and refueling? So they're using Sevastopol just because it's the closer port, um, more or less, uh, and they're getting the stuff across the Kerch Bridge, right? They build that bridge to be able to supply Crimea okay. by land, and they can also, of course, supply it by sea because... Uh, Russia gets to supply places by sea in the north of the Black Sea right now. Okay, okay. So the answer to the question is, it would it would weaken them somewhat, but not significantly. If they were it, no longer, it, it, it would weaken them significantly <laughs> because, yeah. Domin, you want? No, okay. actually, so you're, you're better for this. No, no, I'm not. I'm just, uh, you highlighted the key aspects. Russia, the Russian Federation made a strategic decision not to build out the port of Novorossiysk when they had for themselves decided and had actually managed to negotiate with the Ukrainian government a different form of their lease. And then after taking Crimea and occupying it, and they were, I mean, effectively breaking the lease and annexing it, they obviously had no further 
um, requirement to improve upon the docking capacity, dredging out the harbour and uh, changing the um, capacity of the shipyard in Novorossiysk. The shipyard in Novorossiysk is focused on repairs predominantly. You can't build a ship there properly, at least not of the kind of class we're looking at. And they also do not have the facilities to cater to the whole set of a fleet. The, the harbour in itself is large enough. And you, you actually, they had once prior to this in the 50s and 60s, significantly larger capacity there, but obviously for different kind of types of ships and vessels. And they have never maintained it properly. And since the mid-90s, there was no need for them to build it out further. And they had other plans for it also in terms of the development of oil and natural gas, and that didn't come to bear. So as a consequence, underinvested, not uh, re ready to available, it would take them three to five years of intensive work oh, and investment wow. in order to get Novorossiysk to that point. So if Sevastopol were no longer... Um... Um, were to great extent unusable with regard to refueling and resupplying, et cetera, et cetera, including missiles, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that would then uh, be, uh, that would weaken, that would make a, a fairly good weakening um, effect. Okay, so, yes. uh, okay, okay, okay. Now, another thing, um, next question is, um, okay, and the underlying assumption is this. So I believe that, and I might have the countries wrong, but I believe that Poland has uh, broached an agreement with uh, Slovakia to cover their airspace so that Slovakia could give equipment, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So this is between the two countries. So Poland is exercising, is, you know, okay, is going to be providing military coverage of Slovakia, Correct. To, on a temporary basis, blah, 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 right? Yeah, and, yeah uh, until okay, okay, under, the right okay. kind of kit from uh, other countries, yes. Okay, okay, so underlying assumption. Okay, next question. Is um, uh, Romania, Bulgaria, Turkey, and Georgia, do they, do they have navies? Turkey has a very large navy. Romania and Bulgaria have something that can be called the navy but isn't isn't a decisively uh massive force compared to what the russians have in the black sea georgia i don't really know but it's going to be relatively small okay i don't know what relatively small would be with regard to um militarily no, irrelevant oh really yeah. bummer uh, they, they, they have a coastal defense force okay with that coastal defense force have the ability to to, well, it has the ability to clear mines, right? Okay, what I'm getting at is, um, would is it feasible for Ukraine to have, just like between Poland and Slovakia, for Ukraine to have uh, agreements uh, with Romania, Bulgaria, um, and perhaps Turkey, perhaps Georgia, whatever, to combine their forces in order to uh, clear up some of the Black Sea? Right. So in other words, you know, so that Romania ships could act on Ukraine's behalf, Bulgarian ships could act on Ukraine's behalf, etc. Do you want to grab this, Alex? Yeah, I think it requires broader, uh, broader coalition to, to clean this up. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure NATO will help as far as uh, cleaning uh, the the area from uh, from mines but in terms of, of uh, fleet and military i think it has to be part of broader discussion 
about the future of Black Sea. Because, um, yeah, seas are important. It's not Russia's internal yeah. lake. Uh, they can do whatever they want uh, in Moscow um, River. But um, I think this needs to be uh, kind of escalated. Um, I, I do hope Turkey will take m more active stance, but uh, I do yeah. think and hope Bulgaria and Romania will, as NATO members, will host bigger NATO fleet. But I think NATO should really uh, stop, you know, pretending like uh, it's it's a NATO NATO neighborhood. It has to kind of raise yeah. up to the yeah. But okay. well, we yeah. need to but we need could... to be calm now. Sorry, please. But it can also be. This is okay, a I'm this sorry. will be organized. No, uh, this is for Alex. And of course, NATO can you can complain about NATO all day long, but that's not the point. At the moment, right. per the Montreal Convention, the Bosporus is closed. So, whilst they're technically under a humanitarian mission, which would require a UN mandate, which nobody will be getting at this point in time, unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's a possibility that you could get mine-sweeping equipment further into the sea. The only people who can do this at the moment are the Turks themselves. They have more mine sweeping capacity in the Aegeus, and they have more mine sweeping and mine hunting capacity with their ships uh, in the Med as such, because they just participated and finished up tasks in front of Libya, if I'm not quite mistaken. So, technically, Turkey can provide for more mine sweeping capacity. However, they would expose their navy further to the risk of actually running onto a mine. And they might even be in conflict with Russian ships trying to contest the space. That would then be a NATO Navy versus Russian Navy contest. Now, you can run this, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it, but it has to be everything which has to be done in the Black Sea at this point in time will have to be coordinated with Turkey, which brings okay. us back to the issue which I discussed earlier. You need yeah. a political horse trade with Erdogan which we do not have at this point in time because he has a completely different strategy. And I think M was so kind to line this out a few times in the past few weeks, that there's very little hope for us to be able to pierce through that armor of ambiguity. Okay, this is this is important. And I, I'm, I'm hoping you guys get where I'm going with this line of questions, is if there could be a coalition of the willing that actually had naval um, capabilities to act on Ukraine's behalf in the Black Sea. And of course, the logical ones are the countries that surround the Black Sea, but, uh, you know, not, you know, I mean, maybe that could be other countries that could enter the Black Sea. No, they um, can't, because the, the, uh, that's the problem with Montreux. Mine sweepers, ah. mine hunters would be military ships. If Turkey okay. opens uh, only for one day, the Bosphorus, Russian naval assets will get through because they have the right of passage then. Therefore, oh, they okay. can't. Only Turkey itself can bring additional mine hunting, mine sweeping equipment into the Black Sea. That's exactly the problem. Do Bulgaria and Romania, if, with their boats, right, would... Uh, one one way or the other, either uh, if you whether Ukraine has the capability from from ground missiles to take out the port of Sevastopol. No. 
They don't. Okay. Would Romania or Bulgaria, Bulgarian ships acting um, under, um, because they were asked by Ukraine to take out Sevastopol, do Romania or Bulgaria have that capability? No. Crap. So let let me think of it, uh, or let think of it this way: uh, NATO has made it amply clear that there will not be boots on the ground in Ukraine. Okay, that's not what this I... goes. This goes for ships as well. But you know, once oh. once you start once you start getting NATO ships, and like Alex was saying, in close proximity uh to to russian ships you know what happens if a nato minesweeper or you know a nato destroyer or a turkish destroyer suddenly hits a mine and it looks like you know some russian ship fired on them now world war three and with romania and bulgaria in nato there's no way to harp around that topic I, I'm sorry, but it's a, it's a catch-22. Yeah, I understand. I'm just trying to figure out if there might be uh, some crack in the in the dike that could be enlarged in order to make this happen, um, whether it might be um, Romanian or Bulgarian um, ships that were sold to pirates and no longer were part of Romania or Bulgaria, but that could get the job done. I'm trying to find some crack in the dike. That could get the job, the job done. If I, if I could interject, I think we may be spinning our wheels here. Um, okay. I'm not sure the merchant marine is going to enter Ukrainian waters until hostilities calm down substantially, because insurance rates have skyrocketed. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's nearly impossible to insure cargo or your ship. Uh, if you're going to sail it into hostile waters, uh, insurance, it policies, it, insurance policies don't pay out generally on acts of war. But what uh, if money were not Lloyd's of London isn't going to pay? What, 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 if, what if money were not the issue? Number one, I'm not talking about cargo ships. What and what, you know, number two, what if money were not the issue? It always is. Cargo, well, yeah. Frankly, 99 out of 100 problems in the world are solved with money. Um, then, the, you the know, any Navy assisting. I, I think the countries Navy's, that you've proposed that would be assisting with naval uh, cargo transport could no. just as easily no. lend help by providing rail transport. No, I'm not talking about shipping grain. I'm talking about protecting the coastline of Ukraine by using the navies or naval naval ships, whether they are um, flagged under Romania or Bulgaria or Turkey or wherever, 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 or some other country, Greece, whatever, right? Um, that can, I grab this one? Not- can I grab this one? Because I can give you a simple explanation. There's no need to police the man. There's no there's no need to police the Black Sea with navy ships when we can give Ukraine coastal batteries, which do the exact same job without having to put any ships in the water. And then, put, <clears throat> then wait, wait, let me finish. Two seconds. Let me finish. Okay. They already have um, coastal batteries. They're getting more. It's 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 a it's a long and laborious process, but coastal batteries involve five people controlling it putting a navy ship in the water involves putting 500 people in control of that on that so 
I would <clears throat> the chance always in five people over five hundred will always be be the priority. Um, manpower, the, the, the loss, the, the risk, everything that's at play within the Black Sea, it's not worth. I know, and I, I totally understand your argument. I totally get what you're saying, but not even the best navy in the world would want would go into that sea at the moment because one, it's not worth it when you can provide um, Ukraine with with artillery. Well, not artillery with with radars with. Um, with with missiles, with with everything, with all with all the with all the the coastal battery defense that, that they can provide, and it would provide more here. defense. So okay, basically, that... yeah, let me chime in here. Long story short, big surface vessel in Black Sea. It's a huge target. That's it. It's a huge target. So that's why, essentially, there is a lot of grief regarding the strategic choices that were made in Ukraine during previous presidents specifically, and unfortunately, even during the first year of Zelensky. And specifically, I mean the prioritization for Ukrainian Navy of procuring